Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. You recall on Monday we witnessed the death of King David and Solomon being elevated to the throne over his brother Adoniah. Now we put in right at that point in our story. Adoniah was put aside, not killed, but put aside by Solomon to protect Solomon. But Adoniah was not willing to give up that easily. We read in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 13. Now Adoniah, the son of Haggith, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. And Bathsheba asked him, Do you come peacefully? He answered, Yes, peacefully. Then he added, I have something to say to you. You may say it, she replied. Now notice, he comes to Solomon's mother. The mother of the king sits at his right hand. She influences him. She advises him. And, as we'll see, intercedes for him. What is Adoniah up to? As you know, he said, the kingdom was mine. I was the legitimate heir to the throne, the eldest living son of my father, King David. All Israel looked to me as their king. But things changed, and the kingdom has gone to my brother, Solomon son number 10. For it's come to him from the Lord. And I can imagine the cynicism in that comment. Now, I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. She said, you may make it. So he continued, please ask King Solomon he will not refuse you to give me Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. Very well, Bathsheba replied. I will speak to the king for you. Now that's an interesting request. Give me Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. Remember Abishag, the most beautiful girl in the land who took care of David? But we read in chapter 1 of Kings, verse 4, the girl was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him. But the king had no intimate relations with her. She is not a wife. She is not a concubine. She was simply his nurse. Give me Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adoniah. The king stood up to meet her bowed down to her and sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat down at his right hand. I have one small request to make of you, she said. Please do not refuse me. The king replied, Make it, my mother. I will not refuse you. She said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given in marriage to your brother Adoniah. Now watch the response of King Solomon. 
King Solomon answered his mother, Why do you request Abishag the Shunammite for Adoniah? You might as well request the kingdom for him. After all, he's my older brother. Yes, for him, for Abiathar the priest, and Joab's son of Zariah. And then Solomon swore by the Lord, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if Adoniah does not pay with his life for this request. And now, as surely as the Lord lives, he who has established me securely on the throne of my father David and founded a dynasty for me as he promised, Adoniah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon gave orders to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and he struck down Adoniah and died. Whoa! What kind of reaction is this on the part of Solomon? Did Solomon see Adoniah as a political threat to his kingship? I don't think so. If Adoniah married Abishag the Shunammite, in effect, marrying one of the king's concubines or wives, that might be the case. But we're told specifically that David had no relations with her. She was simply a nurse. So we have to eliminate that possibility of a coup occurring here. No, Adoniah knows he's finished. Let me have Abishag the Shunammite for my wife. We'll go away out, out in the country. We'll have a nice little farm out there and we'll live happily ever after with a, with a whole passel of children. That's certainly what Bathsheba thought and Bathsheba is no fool. Bathsheba is very shrewd. Bathsheba, who was raped by David and then brought into the palace and then gave birth to David's children from that point on, including Solomon. Bathsheba, engineered Solomon's rise to the throne. Without Bathsheba and the pillow talk with David, Solomon would never have been anywhere near the throne. No, she was the maker of kings. She reminds me a lot of Lady Margaret Beaufort, who was Henry VIII's grandmother. Oh, I should do a whole podcast on Lady Margaret. At one point, I was going to write a biography of her, and I, got, I was doing research at the Huntington Library up in Pasadena, and uh, and I, I was working on Lady Margaret, and, and there was a fellow there in residence at, at the Huntington who would walk by and look at the research materials I had, scowl at me, and continue on. I thought, what's going on? We would have lunch at the uh, little restaurant for readers at the Huntington, and he would avoid me like the plague. What have I done to him? He was a visiting scholar from uh, England. Well, as it turned out, he was in the final stages of writing a biography of Lady Margaret Beaufort, and he saw me doing research on Lady Margaret Beaufort. Well, I talked to him. His book was all set to go to the publisher. So I politely, as I should have, politely withdrew my plan for a Lady Margaret Beaufort biography. But she was a maker of kings. She survived in the most cutthroat history of England, elevating her son to the kingship and her grandson, Henry VIII, to the kingship. That's Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a maker of kings. Yes, she was taken advantage of by David, 
but she was no fool. And she said, give him Abishag the Shunammite. There's no threat politically here. You and I both know she was not David's concubine, not David's wife. So why does Solomon react the way he does? I'll tell you why, I think. Solomon was in love with Abishag the Shunammite, the most beautiful girl in all the land. Solomon's not yet married. I'll bet when they brought Abishag in to take care of David, oh, Solomon flirted with her, and so did Adoniah. They were competing for her. Adoniah was going to be king. He would take her as his wife. She would become queen. But no, Solomon becomes king. And now, my brother has the nerve to want Abishag the Shunammite as his wife? He will die for that request. And he did. Now to Abiathar the priest, the king said, Go back to your fields in Anatoth. You deserve to die, but I will not put you to death now because you carry the ark of the sovereign Lord before my father David and shared all my father's hardships. Abiathar had sided with Adoniah. So Solomon removed Abiathar from the priesthood of the Lord, fulfilling the word of the Lord. Uh, the Lord had spoken at Shiloh about the house of Eli. Remember Eli, the big fat crooked priest that Hannah went to, enabling Hannah to become pregnant, Eli with the two crooked sons. Hmm. Well, when the news reached Joab, who had conspired with Adoniah, though not with Absalom, he fled to the tent of the Lord and took hold of the horns of the altar. Now, with Abiathar the priest gone, Joab knows what's coming. He fled to the horns of the altar. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled to the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. And then Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, strike him down. So Benaiah entered the tent of the Lord and said to Joab, come out. He answered, no, I'll die here. Benaiah reported to the king, this is how Joab answered me. Then the king commanded Benaiah, grant his request kill him there and bury him. And so clear me and my father's house of the guilt of innocent blood that Joab shed. The Lord will repay him for the blood he shed because without the knowledge of my father David, he attacked two men and killed them with the sword, both of them, Abner son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, and Amasa son of Jether, commander of Judah's army, were better men and more upright than he. And he murdered them. And may the guilt of their blood rest on the head of Joab and his descendants forever. But on David and his descendants, that is me, his house and his throne, may there be, be the Lord's peace forever. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, went up and struck down Joab and killed him. He was buried in his own land in the desert. The king put Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, over the army in Joab's position and replaced Abiathar with Zadok, the priest. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, 
Amanda went back to the caves of En Gedi with David, tough mercenary. Remember, it was Benaiah who, on a snowy day, killed a lion in a pit. Benaiah is a tough guy. Benaiah is Solomon's attack dog. The king then sent for Shimei, and he said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, but do not go anywhere else. The day you leave and cross the Kidron Valley, you can be sure you will die. Your blood will be on your own head. That little weasel Shimei answered the king, Oh, what you say is good. Your servant will do as my lord the king has said. And Shimei stayed in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shimei's slaves ran off to Ahish, son of Maacah, king of Gath. Shimei was told, Your slaves are in Gath. Huh. At this, he saddled his donkey, went to Achish at Gath in search of his slaves. So Shimei went away and brought the slaves back to Jerusalem from Gath. And when Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and returned, the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you on the day you leave and go elsewhere? You can be sure that you will die. At that time, you said to me, what you say is good, I will obey. So why then did you not keep your oath to the Lord and obey the command I gave you? The king also said to Shimei, you know in your heart all the wrong you did to my father David. Now the Lord will repay you for your wrongdoing. But King Solomon will be blessed, and David's throne will remain secure before the Lord forever. So the king gave the order to Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck down Shimei and killed him. Now the kingdom was firmly established in Solomon's hands. Wow, what a story. Godfather. Part one. So what will Solomon do now? Solomon made, an, Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing in high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Huh. Solomon has eliminated every threat, and now he begins his plan. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. Egypt was the food production center of the ancient world. The two main international trade routes running south to north, the Via Maris coming out of Egypt, paralleling the Mediterranean coast, cutting across the Jezreel Valley, around the west side of the Sea of Galilee, and on up to Damascus, and the King's Highway coming out of Egypt, across the Sinai, and north 
through the Eastern Mountain Range up to Damascus, where the two highways joined, and the three major linking roads that tied them together. Notice in our story, if you think back, all of David's wars after he became king, all of his wars were to control strategic locations on the trade routes. That's how David forges a united monarchy. He controls the distribution system of the goods coming out of Egypt. Now Solomon makes an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and marries his daughter. Solomon is in the process of vertically integrating the entire economy because Solomon, now as son-in-law to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, will control those trade routes, not militarily, but economically. He's got a monopoly on them. And we'll find later, he makes an alliance with Hiram, king of Tyre, up north, Lebanon of today, who controls the maritime trade routes. Solomon will have vertically integrated the entire economy by doing that with him in control. That's where the vast wealth comes from that we witness with King Solomon. Oh, and he mentions the temple. Building a temple. Do you remember David wanted to do that? And God said, no, I can't lie you to David. You got too much blood on your hands. Not the blood of warfare, because God directed those wars, but the blood of Uriah the Hittite and his men in the Bathsheba episode. David could not build that temple, but Solomon is determined to do it. We need to look at that pretty closely, and we'll do so on Friday. Thank you for being with me, folks. I look forward to being with you again on Friday when we explore the temple. Bye-bye now.